Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm your host, Angela Donatio, Bible teacher, author, and adventure junkie. Join me each week for compelling conversations with leading voices that encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll discover miracles in life's messy moments and make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. Welcome back to the Make Life Matter podcast. I cannot wait for you to meet my new friend today. When it comes to the third person of the Trinity, many Christians' views are murky at best. The Holy Spirit has been misunderstood, marginalized, and even maligned. But what if a relationship with the Holy Spirit is the missing link to a fulfilling spiritual life? Jeannie Cunyon, a pastor's kid and lifelong follower who became a Christian at the age of eight, found herself knee deep in questions that led her to discover more about the Holy Spirit and become fully reliant on him for the answers. And don't miss out daring to believe life is better with the Holy Spirit. Jeannie takes us on her journey to rediscover God's love through a better understanding of the Holy Spirit, unveiling 30 benefits of being in relationship with God's divine presence. Welcome, Jeannie. I'm so honored to have you on the show today. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. For anyone who might be new to you, first of all, just thank you for this brave and much needed resource. And I loved it. I read it cover to cover, listened to half of it on audiobook and loved it both ways. And I just thank you so much for your voice. And, And in the introduction, you talk about why you never expected to even be writing a book about the the Holy Spirit. So for someone who might be new to you, what are your other books? What is the space you were writing in? And then how did God lead you to write this book? Yeah, I did not see this book coming. (laughs) I think I said, if if you had asked me to list the top 20, maybe 50 things, my next book would be about uh, the person of the Holy Spirit would not have been in that list. But Mm. um, I love that, you know, what's the scripture that says, you know, we make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And he knew how deeply I needed to be reintroduced to the Holy spirit. That's really what this was for me. Uh, I'm an adoption social worker by training. I never even envisioned becoming a writer or a speaker, um, and worked in the adoption field for about 15 years. Uh, but the Lord led me to writing, uh, when I had three boys under five and the wheels weren't coming off, they were off. Mm. And I needed a radical encounter with the grace of God. I needed to know the deep and wide love of God for me in my shortcomings, in my failures, in my mistakes as a mom, so that I could give that grace and share that grace with my kids. Mm. And so the Lord was generous with me and leading me to write about, um, about his grace in my life. Uh, and so my first book was parenting the wholehearted child. And then my other books were mom set free and mom set free Bible study, really about knowing our freedom in Christ as moms, freedom from the pressure to carry it all freedom from the pressure to get it all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then about three or four years ago, uh, I thought, I don't even know if I'll write another book. I just want to be faithful to wherever the Lord wants to lead me. Does he want me to continue in this path? Or does he have something new for me? We were in the process of adopting our son from Haiti. Um, I thought maybe I'd go back to more of that work. Who knows, right? The Lord is always up to something. And I think that's so fun about him, right? It's just such yes. an adventure following <laughs> Jesus. Um, but I was praying a very simple prayer and it was, Lord, I want all of you. I don't want to miss out on any part of you. I just, I want to be, I want to be, I want to better is one day in your house than a thousand elsewhere. And I just want to live so aware of you and your presence. And I didn't know how he would answer that prayer. Um, But what he did pretty quickly was he stirred in me a curiosity about the Holy Spirit. 
Mm. That's the only way I know how to describe it. I was just going about life. And out of that prayer came this curiosity. I began to see the Holy spirit in stories in scripture where I had just kind of glossed right over his name and where he was at play. Mm -hmm. And I began to hear worship songs and, and have a hunger to really sing them from a place of come Holy spirit. As I sang those songs about, uh, falling afresh on us and just wanting to know his presence. And then I realized the Lord is reintroducing me to his spirit because I thought I knew who the Holy Spirit was. As you said in the intro, you know, I was been following Jesus since I was eight years old. I was raised as a preacher's kid, a Presbyterian church, but a charismatic church. And so the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit were not new to me. They were not foreign to me. I was not fearful of them. Um, but what I realized is I had put the Holy Spirit in a box. And the Lord wanted to blow that wide open because mm. I was really living from a, a place of uh, the Holy Spirit is for spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit is the fruit of the spirit. And that's the Holy Spirit. And the Lord was like, oh, daughter, mm. oh, daughter, let me teach you. Let me show you how deep and how wide, how essential, how crucial he is in your everyday moments of your life. And, um, and as I began to lean into and to study, looking at just even the chapters, you know, John, John 14 through 16, where Jesus is preparing the disciples for the work of the Holy spirit. And Jesus is specifically speaking about and teaching on who the Holy spirit is. The Lord was just blowing my mind about how much I had missed, how much I, how much I didn't realize all of these years. And and as I, as, as, as often happens, I quickly realized, I think you're going to ask me to write about this and I don't want to write about this. <laughs> you yeah. know? I mean, that's just the truth because as you said, you know, he's been blind, he's been marginalized, he's controversial, he's complicated, yeah. or we think he's complicated. Yeah. And so I thought, who am I to write a book on the Holy spirit? You know, these are books, these books should be written by Billy Graham and Francis Chan. And, and they have, <laughs> they've written brilliant books about the Holy spirit. Um, but as I began to grow in my relationship with the Holy Spirit and I began to realize I had been missing out, it became the book I couldn't not write. Yeah. I couldn't not write it because I had been missing out as a Jesus follower. And then I began to have conversations with really good friends who were also following Jesus. And they were saying, well, I think I'm missing out. Hmm. I think I'm missing out. I don't, I don't really know his role in my life. I mean, I know what we call him. I know we call him the counselor. I know we call him the comforter, but, and we began to realize that we were, we were collectively missing out on the benefits of the Holy spirit's presence. And, and I'll say, this is the last thing I'll say, and we can, you know, I know it's been a very long answer to a short oh, question. It's great. It's great. Um, but you know, one of the things I said is, okay, Lord, I'll, I'll write about this. I'll, I'll write down, I'll record, I'll wrestle with what you're teaching me. And, I, and if there's a book here and, and if there's somebody who wants to publish it, we'll do that. But I honestly thought to myself, I don't know if I can get a whole book out of the Holy Spirit. Wow. I don't know if there's a whole book to be, I don't know if there's 55, 60,000 words to write on the Holy Spirit, but we'll see where we go. And the irony is at the end, we had to cut about 20 to 25,000. Wow. Words. Wow. Because, because, because he is, he is so essential. He is so vital. And the question I started with is what does he do? That's what I wanted to answer. Who is he? And what does he do? Why That's does it right. matter? And when I got to the end, my question was, what doesn't he do? <laughs> what doesn't he do? Right. From Genesis to revelation, hmm. right. The father, the son, and the Holy spirit are 
at work in our lives, um, making Jesus, he's making Jesus beautiful to us. And, and so it really blew my mind how much he does that I had missed out on. And yet even my lack of awareness of his presence did not keep him from being active in my life. And I love that about him. I love that too, Jeannie. I was, there's so many things I could say as you were chatting. One is I feel like even as a child, we, we pray over our children or even as adults, ask Jesus to come into your heart. And yes, we are asking for him to forgive our sins, to, to make him the Lord and the savior of our life. But as you talk about in the book and the scripture reveals to us, it's the Holy spirit that lives within us. We have a dwelling place of the Holy spirit and Jesus right now sits at the right hand of the father. So I think even the way that we, we introduce the Holy spirit and Jesus in that salvation experience is I was just chewing on that as I was reading your book, even that's maybe just a little bit skewed that then later on we're like, Oh, and by the way, here's the Holy spirit. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, he is. He is the lacking. He's lacking in the in the salvation narrative. He really is. Yeah. Um, and I love that you mentioned that because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. He is the Spirit of Christ, and so Jesus takes up residence in us by His Holy Spirit, by His Spirit. And yet, when we talk about salvation, when we talk about the good news of the gospel, the news that changes everything, mm. we talk about how when we put our trust in Jesus, we receive eternal life, right? That is a free gift of grace by faith that we are secure for eternity. We receive eternal life. But what we don't talk about is that in that very moment that we put our trust in Jesus, something else beautiful, powerful, mind-blowing happens. God puts his spirit in us at that moment, right? Not some point down the road when we have achieved some level of holiness or when we have achieved some level of knowledge, but at that moment that our trust is put in Jesus, God puts his spirit in us so that we now have the power of Christ to follow Christ. But because we're not talking about that, because I think there are so many Christians walking around today who do not know at this moment that the spirit of the living God lives inside of them. That the spirit of God, who was at work in the life of Jesus in his public ministry, when he was performing miracles and healing people and raising the dead and multiplying the fish and loaves, that that same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that that same spirit that fell at Pentecost and filled the disciples and radically transformed them from fearful, scared, confused disciples, transform them into men who preach the gospel with clarity and conviction and boldness. That same spirit is the same one that Jesus put in you and in me and in every person who is listening, who has put their trust in Christ. And when we know that, and when we live like it's true, it does change everything. Because we are trying to live the Christian life without the power of Christ. That's right. And you actually say that I wrote that quote down. You say, I was set free by Jesus, but I was trying to live free by Jeannie. And I think a lot of us do that. We may not admit that we do that, but we either don't understand how the Holy Spirit's supposed to work, or we intentionally keep him at harm at, at arm's length, or we're not making ourselves available like you talk about in the book. So how did it shift when you dug deeper into relationship with the Holy Spirit to say, hey, I'm aware now that I'm trying to live free in my own strength. Was that shift gradual? Or like you said, as you, as you begin to study, 
Was it an awareness? Um, and, and how can we, if we realize that in our own life, Jeannie, how can we make that shift to be more dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit instead of our own strength? Yeah, it's been, for me, it's an everyday thing. I mean, I woke up this morning. I mean, even this past week was a real, real important experience in my life where even still I'm going, Lord, I am not, I am not living by your rhythms of grace. And I need the Holy Spirit to help me do that. I just, last week, I just, I wept. Honestly, I wept. I said, Lord, I am so tired. Mm. I am bone weary tired. And I didn't realize how tired I was until my husband and I got away for a couple of days and we were in an environment that was just saturated with the presence of the Lord. And I didn't realize how thirsty I was until I drank the living water again. And so for me, it was real conviction about resetting rhythms that allow me to really be filled afresh every day with the Holy Spirit, waking up every morning and saying, you know, come Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. Let me strengthen my heart, renew my mind, fill me afresh with your love, with your presence, with your power. Um, I want to be a reservoir, you know, that we're so full that there were, there were, we're, we're living by the overflow, but I was living from an empty well. Uh, and that is, you know, as somebody who is writing about and speaking about needing the Holy Spirit, but we are human right? So we, we are prone to needing to be reminded of the truth of the gospel every day. And so, um, it, it's, it, I don't, I mean, I think for some people, it can be this radical life changing moment for me. It's just been a day by day remembrance that the Lord is in me, that he is for me and that he wants to fill me. And then I don't have to live free in my own strength. Right. Because like you said, you know, I was set free by the Holy spirit, but I was living free, trying to live free by genie. And I think that's why so many Christians go, I don't feel free. I know I've been set free. I know scripture says it's for freedom that Christ has set me free, but I don't feel free. I don't mm. feel free from shame. I don't feel free from slavery to sin. I don't feel free from striving from the weight of this world, from worry. I don't feel free. And it's the Holy Spirit who comes in and says, that's my job. Yeah. Let me, let me help you live free. Let me fill you with the resurrection power of God to overcome temptation, to defeat toxic thoughts, yeah. to whatever it is that you are battling, whatever the many things are that you're battling, the Holy Spirit is the only one who is able to help you fight those battles. He is the only one who is able to fill you with the power of God to help you walk through fiery trials, to help you um, know the Lord's presence and his comfort and his counsel in the difficult things that we're going through right now in the world and in our lives. Um, but it's a daily renewal for me of just mm. fill me afresh, come Holy Spirit. And that happens in the word of God. It really does. I mean, we can feel the Lord's presence in nature. We can feel the Lord's presence in worship. We can feel the Lord's presence in so many things in, in the hug of my five-year-old son this morning. Right. Mm -hmm. But the word of God is utterly essential. That is what it, the, the Holy spirit authored the Bible, right? Yeah. He inspired scripture and he is the one who illuminates it for us. He is the one who highlights passages that we need to hear that we need to see that speak to our heart and to, that speak to the specific trial or trouble that we're walking through. So in the word of God is where we, it's the, it's the spirit and the word, right? We need the word and the spirit for life. And so the Holy spirit's going to fill us through scripture. Um, and for me, that's a really, really important part. And I know when I'm not living in line with that, my, my life bears 
truth to that, you know, <laughs> Amen. Amen, right? Sister. It's the fruit of genie, not the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. And ain't nobody want to see the fruit of genie. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. And I appreciate the fact that you rely very heavily on scripture all throughout your book and that these benefits um, that you mentioned, and, and you even say right off in the introduction, listen, this is not even exhaustible. I mean, we could really never probably totally exhaust the Holy Spirit, but you do give us 30 benefits, starting with, like you said, from John 14 to 16, where Jesus said to them, listen, they don't want him to, to go. The disciples don't want him to go. And he says, it's for your advantage. It's for your good that I leave because then the Holy Spirit can come. And he is the agent right now that's operating in and through us. So I think it's just that paradigm shift that some of us need to make and to speak to what you were just saying, to not feel ashamed for us to say, Holy Spirit, I need you. I'm bone tired or I'm weak or I'm, I can tell I'm trying to do this in my own strength. It's not like he's reprimanding us for that. That's exactly what he wants. He wants us to wake up and say, okay, I don't know what I'm facing today. I think last week was, you know, or even this last month at the point this airs has been heavy. We're still in the pandemic. We've had Afghanistan. We've got our own personal family issues or health. So, you know, to think we're going to make it through life in our own strength is, is, is painfully deficient. And um, it's an invitation that we have to rely and depend on the Holy Spirit. So I thank you for that. And I'd like to just, I know we don't have a ton of time, but I'd love to look at a couple of the benefits that you bring out. Um, there's so many that I love. You've touched on a couple that he's to our advantage, that he leads us into truth, that he authored the Bible. Those are just a couple guys that, that Jeannie highlights in the book. And there are 30 short chapters, 30 benefits that you can kind of chew on it and get your head around it. But let's look at a couple of them. You have one um, entitled, He Never Leaves Us. And you talk about experiencing his presence and comfort through the pain of divorce and miscarriage. Can you just share for a minute about how the awareness of his presence made such a difference for Eugenie? And probably, I'm sure, as you're saying, still does. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's such a beautiful truth when Jesus said, you know, I will not leave you as orphans, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, he's talking about how he's going to give us his spirit. And, and what I love about the Holy Spirit, he's such a loyal, faithful companion, hmm. right? There is, um, there is such an assurance in his presence, meaning, yes, we can grieve the Holy Spirit. And I talk about that in the book. How do we grieve the Holy Spirit? We can quench the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, right? We, yeah. these are things that can happen, but what we cannot do is we cannot lose the Holy Spirit, we never have to worry about losing him. He will never depart from us. That is our post Pentecost promise, right? Mm -hmm. That before Pentecost, you know, he would anoint people, come upon people for a specific purpose or task, but now he lives inside of us. Jesus said, you know him for now he is with you, but he will be in you. Yeah. And so we have the Holy spirit in us as a loyal, faithful companion, as a comforter, as a counselor. And so about 20 years ago, 22 years ago, when I walked through a, a devastating divorce at only 25 years old, or mm. uh, not long ago, several years ago, when my husband and I experienced a, a painful miscarriage. And, and these are big moments, right? These are like, these are the bigger moments in our lives. Yeah. But, you know, there's, there's moments every day, right? Yeah. Where there's conflict with a spouse, or there's um, misunderstanding with a child, right? Or, or a friendship is on the rocks. And, and we need to know the Holy Spirit's comfort, the very real personal presence of God, the Holy Spirit brings intimacy, he literally brings this, this awareness, this gentle, beautiful, intimate awareness of God's love and affection and tenderness to us. Um, 
And there's, there's no, honestly, I don't know any other, there's no greater joy than just knowing the Lord's personal presence. And that's, Mm. that's what the Holy spirit is. But I, but I also want to mention this because when I was going through those painful experiences, specifically the divorce 22 years ago, I wouldn't have known to say that it was the Holy spirit comforting me, Mm. but I look back and I chronicle some of the story in the book. I can look back and I go, Oh, Holy spirit. That was you. That was you. That was you lifting my head, Mm. my head. That was just low in shame and pain, brutal pain. You were lifting my head to behold the love of Jesus. Mm. You were, you were giving me the courage. It's almost like you were gently nudging me from behind, giving me the courage to, to go to the throne of grace. Like I wanted to stay away. I felt so unworthy. I felt like I was so afraid that I had disappointed God, that, that my testimony was now invalid because I had, you know, I was unable to, to save a marriage and, and the Holy spirit was gently nudging me toward the throne of the throne of grace to just fall in the grace and the mercy of Jesus. He was lifting my head so that I could look into the eyes of Jesus and, 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 and see him and hear him say, beloved daughter, I love you. I love you, not for what you do or don't do, but because you're, because you're mine, you're covered in my righteousness and my perfection. Come receive mercy, receive grace, receive Mm. forgiveness. And so this is the work of the Holy spirit in our lives. And, and the cool thing about him is that even when we don't acknowledge him, even when we don't realize it's him, all these moments in my life where I just didn't understand it was the person, the friend of the Holy spirit, it didn't keep him from doing his good work in me. And I think that's incredible that, that he doesn't just go, okay, well, I'm in here, you know, God put me inside of your heart. I'm here, but you're not acknowledging me. You're not paying attention to me. You're not giving me credit for what I do. So I'm just going to hang out here. And and when you acknowledge me, or when you want to cooperate with me, I'll get to work. But until then, I'm just going to sit here. He doesn't do that. Hmm. He doesn't do that. He, he intercedes on our behalf. He comforts us. He counsels us. Now we do miss out on a great deal of the more, right? I think there's so much more. So yes, he's there and he's at work, but friends, there is so much more for us to enjoy and experience. If we are willing to welcome him, Mm. do we want to make our hearts a welcoming space for him to dwell? Do we want to cooperate with him by yielding to his conviction and his nudges and his authority? Because if we do, there is so much more. And that's what I discovered. So he's been at work, yeah. but there's so much more when we welcome him and we cooperate with what he's been given to us to do. We'll get right back to this week's episode. I want to help you make life matter with some free resources at AngelaDenadio.com. You'll also find my books, albums, and ways to connect. While you're there, join my online community and be the first to hear exciting updates. If you long to walk where Jesus walked and are ready for the Bible to come alive in ways you have never experienced before, journey with me and Carol McLeod to Israel in 2022. Get all the details at AngelaDenadio.com. I love that, Jeannie. I love that. And I love that you're pointing out it's, yes, he's very present in the big, dark moments of life, but he's Mm -hmm. also present in the everyday moments, his voice and his Mm -hmm stirring and is nudging, um, as you talk about in the book and you, you make a very clear distinction. You just said it a second ago as you were talking, but just in case, you know, some of us didn't pick up on it, he's not an it, you know, Mm -hmm. he's not a thing. Um, and why does it matter Jeannie, that he is a person and not just symbols or power? 
Yeah. Because we can't have a relationship with an it. Mm, That's good. We can't have a relationship with a symbol or a force. And so when we treat the Holy spirit, like an it, when we call him an it, or, or when we treat him like a power, right? Some power that we get to wield rather than acknowledging that he is a person who gives us power. He is a person who manifests his power in our life. So the Holy spirit is symbolized by a dove, by water, by fire. These are beautiful symbols that hold so much meaning for our lives, but we can't, but we, what we do is we reduce him to those symbols. When the reality is, yes, he is God. He is God, the Holy Spirit, but he is also a divine person. He is the person of the Holy Spirit. He has a mind. We could look at scripture. We don't have time, but it's all in the book that reveals he has a mind. He has a will and he has emotions. He has all of these qualities like God, the father and like God, the son that uh, comprise a divine person. So if we know he is a person, Now we know we can have a relationship because you can have a relationship with a person and that's what he wants. He wants to be, he wants to communicate with us all day. It's Richard War calls it the divine dance, right? You lead, I'll follow, stay in step with the person of the Holy spirit. I think about my husband and I love to take our boys on hikes and uh, we usually have to beg them or convince them to go. But once we get out there, they love it that my son's right here in the kitchen. He'll, he'll admit once we get him out there, they like it. They do. Um, But, you know, when we go on, when we go on those trails, we say, stay in step with us, boys, especially like in a place like Yosemite, right? Because if you go to the left or the right, you're going to fall off the path or you're going to get lost. You're going to get lost, right? And it's the same with the Holy Spirit. He's a person who's guiding us and he's saying, stay in step with me. Because if you wander off to the left or the right, there's sin, there's destruction, there's, there's trouble. But if you'll follow me, your loyal guide. I will show you where to go. I will show you what to do. I will lead you in the way of righteousness. Um, And so I just, I really do think it changes everything. I think I've always known the Holy Spirit was a person. Um, I, you know, affirmed all the creeds, all those good things. I think we can know it intellectually. We can say the person of the Holy Spirit, but do we know what that means really? Have we invested in that person, in that relationship to get to know him, his mind, his will, his emotions, so that we can enjoy um, that friendship and that leading, right? You have to know his voice and, uh, and invite him to guide you, guide you in the way in God's will and God's beautiful, perfect life-giving soul satisfying will for your life. That's so good. Uh, you, you say, and he is equal that we don't need more willpower. We need more spirit power. That was one of my favorite. You even mentioned he has a mind, he has a will. And, and I even was convicted by that because I think even though I'm aware of the Holy spirit and I know about him and I, I want to lean in all the ways that you're describing, I still fall into that trap sometimes thinking that I need to willpower it up. And if it's meant to be, it's up to me kind of a thing. Um, and, and the benefit of, of his presence, it's not about trying harder. You say it's about practicing his presence. And I'm just curious, Jeannie, if there is one thing you want listeners to remember, not only from this interview, but from the book, what would that be? Hmm. I think it would be what's coming to mind right now is that the Holy spirit wants to champion you. Hmm. Right. When Jesus said, I'm going to give you a helper when there's so many, the word is so full of meaning that it can be translated advocate, counselor, comforter, intercessor. Um, But the one where we don't talk about is champion. And I really believe that, um, our posture 
toward the Holy Spirit can change and will change if we see him as this priceless, precious privilege that is given to us when we put our trust in Jesus. It's not something we earn. It's not, he's not someone we deserve just like our salvation, but he is a priceless treasure given to us. And he was given to us to champion us. That's what he does. Not for our glory, for God's glory. Right. That's, that's the end game. So he doesn't champion me so I can, you know, so I get the glory. He champions me so that my life is a love song to Jesus Hmm. so that my life testifies to the goodness and the faithfulness of God. So in closing, I would say, you know, think about somebody in your life that you just know is for you. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a friend, somebody who holds your arms up when they get weak, somebody who sees the gifts God has stored in you and they call them out and they help you develop those gifts. They cheer you on the uh, the friend who prays for you when you're, when you're downcast, when you're going through something hard, the friend who, who identifies the, you know, the, the, uh, divine purpose on your life and then cheers you on in that purpose. That's who the Holy spirit is. That's who he is for you. That's what he wants to do in you. Even a friend who says, Hey, Jeannie, I know who you are. I know who you want to be, but that thing you've been doing or saying lately, that's not God's best for you. You know, I have friends who are willing to do that for me. That's who the Holy spirit is too. That's what his conviction is. It's not shaming. It's not ugly. It's not mean. It doesn't always feel good, but it's always about leading you to repentance and refreshment, leading you into becoming more like your savior. And so the Holy spirit wants to champion you. I hope you'll take that with you today and just, and be willing to get to know him, open scripture, read, read John 14 through 16, just those three chapters where Jesus himself talks about who the Holy spirit is, why it was better for us that Jesus ascend. That blew my mind. Do you know that? I did not realize that that was one of the most mind blowing revelations for me. I'm like, I, I don't know how many times I've read the gospel of John. Yeah. And I never noticed that Jesus said to the disciples and to you and to me today, it is better Mm. that I go back to the father. It is to your advantage that you have the Holy spirit because he's going to champion you. He's going to take up residence inside of you. He's going to make you more like me. So I'd encourage you to lean into him, get to know him. If you already know him, I'd, I'd, I'd say there's still more of him to know. I just wrote a book about him and I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. There's so Um, much more. I love that. Um, But he makes life better. He makes life so much better. I love that. Whether you're listening and you're like, yes, yes, yes. To everything Jeannie's saying, or maybe some of this is new for you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jeannie, for the way that you're just kind of demystifying this whole concept of the person of the Holy Spirit. He's not just this out there thing that we pray about. He's in here. And that makes all the difference. Thank you so much. How can our listeners connect with you and purchase your resources, your previous books, and this, this new book, Don't Miss Out? Yep. Uh, everything is Jeannie Cunyon. My website, J-E-A-N-N-I-E-C-U-N-N-I-O-N, lots of N's. Um, <laughs> Instagram is Jeannie Cunyon. Uh, and there's links on my website, also in my Instagram for um, purchasing the books. Um, you know, my Instagram is really just for me all about encouraging us in the love of Jesus and in the power of the spirit. So um, come say hi. If you have questions about what we talked about today, I really, truly love hearing from people. Mm. Um, so don't, don't hesitate to pop in and tell me what resonated or what didn't we can talk about it. <laughs> Thank you. 
Now, Jeannie's going to pray over us in just a moment, but I love to close um, before I share uh, a scripture that you include in the book in our today's truth that matters. But I love to close with this question. And that is when you get to heaven, Jeannie, other than Jesus, what person in the Bible can you not wait to meet someone who's inspired you to make life matter? Maybe a burning question that you want to ask. I would just love to know that as we kind of wrap up our time together today. Probably Paul. Hmm. For so many reasons. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the amazing things that I realized in writing the book was that Paul was, Paul was there when the disciples were being persecuted for um, preaching the gospel and the power of the Holy spirit. Yeah. He didn't even know it was about to happen to him. I just love the connection, the overflow there. So, um, but Romans, I think is my favorite book of the Bible. Mm. Um, It's wrecked me and put me back together again so many times. So yeah, I can't wait to meet Paul. I love it. I think you share in the book that Romans eight has 22 mentions of the spirit. I never caught yeah. that before. So there's Crazy, a lot right? of just little, little nuggets like that. In fact, today's truth that matters is uh, one of Paul's uh, from one of Paul's books, first Corinthians chapter two, verse one through five. And I'll share this truth that matters kind of as we close before Jeannie prays for us. And I, when I came to this is Paul speaking brothers and sisters did not come proclaiming to you, the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, mm-hmm. Although he could have, right? He didn't, he chose not to do that. For I have decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What a word for Mm -hmm. us today. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. That's what Jeannie was just talking about. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but mm-hmm. in the power of God. What a wonderful <sighs> summation. So good. Paul was the best theologian of all time, wrote a third of the New Testament, and yet he is clearly saying to us, listen, I cannot do this without the demonstration. He even says in Philippians, I can only do these things through Christ's power who gives me strength. And that is the, the Holy Spirit who takes resonance in us, lives in us today, empowering us to do what he's called us to do and to be who he's called us to be. So thank you, Jeannie, for this beautiful portrayal of who the Holy Spirit is and what he does in Don't Miss Out. And be sure to get a copy of it, guys. You're going to love it. Go through it. And, and Jeannie, before I um, forget, you have a Bible study coming out as well, right? This more to children, but it's still about the Holy Spirit. Can you mention that before you pray over us? Yeah, there's a Bible study coming out December 1st. It's called Never Alone, Parenting in the Power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so Lifeway is publishing that. It's a seven-week Bible study. Uh, and it's really taking what I've and I have learned and am learning about the Holy Spirit and and applying that to parenting mm. uh, as a mom, as a dad. What does it look like to parent in the power of the Holy Spirit to know to know his power as a mom? Uh, but to also model that so that I can raise kids who don't miss out on living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm, I love that. I love that. Thank you so much. That's December 1st, right? Because this airs the end of September. Yeah. So they can go ahead and get don't miss out now. And then what a great resource we're going to have for our children. I can't wait to share it with our 
children's pastor at the church and um, just parents to say, listen, not only do you not have to do this alone, your kids don't. And our children need to know they are never alone in, in some of just the perilous times that we are living in right now. So, so thank you, Jeannie. Thank you for okay, your voice and our generation. Thank you for the way you're making your life matter in so many ways. And I would just mm-hmm. love for you to pray over our listeners as we close our time today. I'd love to father God, we love you. We just thank you for sending your son, Jesus to rescue us, to set us free. And then we thank you that you did not leave us alone, uh, in our, in our pursuit to know you and to follow you, that you sent your spirit, that you gave us supernatural power in the person of the Holy spirit to, to just seek you, to love you, to know you, to live in the abundance, uh, that you have for us. And so father God, I just pray for every person, uh, listening today. I pray that they would, um, just know your presence, that they would be filled afresh, that they would open up their hearts and their lives to your spirit, that they would, um, know the intimacy and the love and the depth and just the precious, uh, privilege of having you living inside of us, giving us everything we need to live a godly life. You are so generous. You're so good. And God, we just want more of you. We want more of you in your spirit. And so I just, uh, I ask, I ask all these things in Jesus name, that we would be filled afresh with your spirit, that we would know the one whom you sent to live in us and champion us for your glory. Uh, and we just love you so much. And we give you thanks. And we ask all these things in Jesus name. Amen. Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at Angela Donatio VOV, and Instagram at Angela Donatio. Until next week, let's make life matter.